0: Minehead Baptist Church sermon podcast for Sunday, the 26th of February 2023. Hello and welcome, thank you once again for joining me. My name's James and I'm the web guy here at MBC. This week, Richard continued our series looking at a rhythm of life with encouraging. The reading is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 1 to 11. So we'll go and join Richard as he's introducing the service:
1: Good morning. It's lovely to welcome you uh, this morning to Minehead Baptist Church. Uh, my name is Richard, and I have the pleasure of being one of the ministers here. Uh, just a few notices as uh, we begin. And as someone pointed out, they're all to do with Tommy. Uh, who's, we'll wave at you now. Uh, so there is, uh, as Paul said last week, um, a list for to invite Tommy to lunch, uh, If you'd like to do so, please uh, do speak to him. He has a list, which has seen better days. I'm not going to lie, Tommy. Long list. That's coming in a second, Lisa. And then another list. Uh, I've also got one, but um, Tommy's induction um, into his role uh, will be in two weeks' time on the 12th of March. And as part of that, we thought it would be lovely to join uh, together for a meal afterwards. so, if you'd like to bring something, uh, please would you write it down on the list? There's a list there, and there's a list um, in the foyer. Bring and share buffet lunch. Bring and share buffet lunch. Oh, uh, yeah. Bring and share buffet lunch was what Lorraine was shouting there. Uh, so, if you don't bring anything, we don't have anything to eat. That's yeah. <laughs> <Roast> Tommy, <laughs> dear. Right. Well, we'll leave that for a while, shall we? Shall we come now and pray father we thank you for this time together we thank you lord that we are free to gather and worship you father we pray you would fill this place amen and i've just remembered we have a birthday or two i know Is anyone anyone willing to own up to a birthday oh one over there what's your name sorry Er- Errol, Errol, Errol. Happy what? Uh, William is somewhere, is he? Um, it's William's birthday as well, uh, yesterday Anyone, Anyone else's? No? Roy, Roy, wasn't looking over there Paul, Paul as well, and Adams was in the week
0: Oh, here we go, right, so we've and got... And another Paul. William,
1: Errol, Roy, and Adam and, and Paul. And another Paul. And, oh, and another Paul, so Paul twice. Are we ready?
0: Oh. Laurie? Happy birthday to you. Happy, Happy birthday to you. Happy, Happy birthday, dear. With
1: everyone,
0: everyone, William, Powell, whoever, ever, Happy birthday. 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 birthday Good morning, everybody. Um, I wonder if we could um, just take a moment, um, just to uh, gather our thoughts, just to pause in His presence, just to, to just quietly uh, just focus on Him as we come to worship, just just for a moment. Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. Streams of living water that refreshes and cleanses. Streams of living water that heals and restores living water in a desert place. Many years ago, I I was in in the hot summer sun. I stood underneath a waterfall. It was a waterfall in the middle of the desert of Ein Gedi in Israel. The psalmist says in the Passion Translation, For your grace fountain keeps overflowing, drenching your beloved that pray to you. Bring me to your grace fountain so that your strength becomes mine. So as we, as we come and sing our first song, it's my prayer that each one, we would all come again. And I uh, know that refreshing under, being drenched under that grace fountain in his presence. So let's start. Um, let our praise be your welcome. We are here for you. Let your words move in power. Let what's dead come to life. We are here for you. Oh, and could we have the offering um, as we have the first song, please?
2: Even when we don't see it, you're working. Father, there's so many things happening in this world today that need our prayer. We think a country scarred by warfare. We think particularly of Ukraine. We just pray for peace in that land. We just pray that the killing will finish. We ask you that President Putin's heart will be softened. That We love wisdom, that you bring things to an end and that peace may reign. Father, we think too of natural disasters, the earthquake that we had recently in Turkey and in Syria. We pray that you would bring comfort to those who've lost loved ones, to those who've lost their homes and their livelihood. We just ask that politics won't get in the way of aid getting to those people, particularly in rebel parts of the countries. Father, just be there, bring peace, bind up the wounds. And let the aid, let the Christians who are there too, be a witness to those around them that you care. We pray for the persecuted church in various nations, Father, where people are being killed, where people are being put in prison, tortured for their faith. And we would ask that you would strengthen those Christians and help them to stay as a bright light in countries where they may fear just even mentioning your name we think too in this country too of those who are persecuted because they speak out for those who are brave enough to speak out and talk about scriptural things to take scriptural principles and not to compromise we just pray your protection and we just pray that you bless those people we think of our politicians that you be with them that you give them wisdom that you give them integrity that you give them compassion for the poor around them, that they have a good moral compass, and that we'd see blessing in this country through those people, that you bring peace, that you bring um, prosperity, if that's the right word, that you just help the poor in this country just to get back on their feet again. And we think of this church too, Father. We think of those who are suffering those who may be being treated for cancer and for other debilitating illnesses. Be with them, we pray. Bring healing. We don't quite understand why things happen as they do, but we just ask that you bring healing. We ask that you bring relief from pain for those people and for those particularly in these winter months who may be suffering from the darkness of depression and things that are going wrong, maybe anxieties over this, that and the other. And we just pray that you shine light into the darkness that you bring the beauty of your peace, that it would take over in lives, and that you just encourage and help those who are finding things difficult. We think of our church leaders, that you give them wisdom, that you'd bless them and encourage them in all that happens. And we pray, too, for an outpouring of your spirit in this place. We just pray that you'd move in such a way that we'd wake up, that we'd just take our faith seriously, That we just have a good relationship with you, that we just wouldn't mess around, but that we just want things to be as you would want them to be. And we just pray that that flowing your spirit may flow out into the streets around this place. For you just touch people's lives, even people who've never ever really thought about you before, that they come to faith in you, that they come to know you as their saviour. Just speak in this place. Just speak in Minehead, head, Father, we pray. And just there be, let there be a bright shining of your light around these areas. We've seen it in other places recently out in America. And we just pray for revival here. Be with us, Father, we pray. And we just pray all these things in the name of our lovely Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. All scripture is God-breathed. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 1-11. to For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with Him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Let's pray for you, Richard, before you come. Father, just bless Richard as he speaks, just pray you'll anoint him with your word, just give him the words to say, just pray that they'll flow from him, and that you bless each one of us by your Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay. Thanks, Paul.
1: I suspect there are two different sorts of people in the world. Those who like surprises and those who don't. So last year now, who likes surprises? Should we have a show of hands? Anyone actually willing to admit to liking surprises? Well, more than I was expecting. Who would rather that they never had another surprise in their entire life? Oh, a few of you. I'm somewhere in the middle, I think. But there are of course different sorts of surprises, aren't there? There are the ones that come completely out of nowhere. that are a complete shock. To the system. Then they're the ones that you can sort of see coming. I thought of this when I, uh, my rugby coach last year asked me about three weeks before the awards dinner, you are coming to the awards dinner, aren't you? Now it doesn't take a great leap of genius to suspect that there might be something going on there. So it was when it was announced I was in many ways prepared even though I didn't quite know what was going to happen and modesty prevents me from telling you what awards I received (laughs) or perhaps it's a Christmas present you've been dropping heavy hints about or your surprise might come from your other half actually picking up on those hints but they're not really a surprise in that instance are they? There's a bit of a surprise because you don't know for certain, but you do know that it's going to happen. Paul is making the same point here. He reminds his readers that even Jesus doesn't know when he will return. The day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. And it is, of course, quite unusual for the person being robbed be forewarned about the thief coming. It rather defeats the purpose. It's a surprise to them. We will have no idea at all that Jesus is coming, or when he's coming. But we can't say it's unexpected, can we? Labour comes suddenly, but I'm told, and I have no personal experience of this, you tend to know you're pregnant, (laughs) And that the sort of end state of pregnancy is labour and giving birth. I don't think you'll disagree with me, will you? No. Labour is going to happen at some point. You just don't know exactly when. Now, admittedly, we've got much better at this. We tend to have a fairly good idea roughly when it's going to happen, but it never quite seems to work out. The same might be said of the return of Jesus We know that he will return in all of his glory and power and majesty. Because we're promised it, we're told it time and time again. We shouldn't be surprised by his return, or that he will return. For we know with certainty that the hope we have in Jesus is true, that he will return and come again. But the when... is rather less known. We might not be surprised that Jesus is going to return, but there are those who will be surprised, who are not aware that Jesus is coming again. Those who don't listen to him. And it contains a reminder that when the day of the Lord happens, there will be a judgment for all people that each one of us will have to stand before our Lord and creator and account for actions before our Lord and creator. Now, if you're thinking this side's all quite bleak, there is some good news, though. Paul reminds his readers that you, so those of us who follow Christ, are people of the day, not to be surprised by the thief in the night. We don't belong anymore to the night or the darkness. We belong to Jesus Christ, the light of the world. As such, our sins are forgiven when we cry out to him with repentance in our hearts asking for forgiveness. We have a hope, a living hope who has overcome the power of sin and darkness. Isn't that good news to shout about this morning? We will be able to stand before our Lord God, knowing that our sins have been forgiven. Let us be awake and sober, Paul commands us. Let us not be caught unawares of the return of Jesus. We obviously cannot know when Jesus is going to return. But we can be prepared. We can open our hearts to him. Be mindful of our walk with him. Strive to be more like him. We must be willing to walk in the day, in the light, alongside Jesus. Not mired in sin so that when Jesus does return we can stand Him before him without fear. Well, there might be a little bit, but certainly not fear of the judgment that is to come. And because we belong to the day, we must do certain things. Paul writes here of another set of armour. Uh, one to go with the slightly more famous one found in Ephesians chapter 6, which I'm sure is familiar to many of you. Put on the breastplate of love and faith he commands us. There is a sense within Paul's instructions in this letter That we should be on guard. We should be watchful. You can almost imagine a sense of being armed to go on guard duty or to go to battle, can't you? To watch for what is coming. Be sober, be self controlled. For without that, you will struggle to follow Christ, for He calls us to be self controlled. And faith and love are, I think you'd agree with me, key to our day-to-day lives. We have faith in God, for without it there would be no point in striving to follow Jesus as best we can. We trust in him. and We must love one another and live out Christ's love for us one to another, to one another. the core of who we are as followers of Christ living out his love for others and then we have the helmet of the hope of salvation to top it all off for surely that is our greatest protection, the surety that we have in our promise of salvation made to us and for us by Jesus Paul reminds his readers of that fact in verse 9. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Then he goes on in verse 10. He died for us so that we might live together with him. Jesus dies, died for all those who will ever follow him. Who've ever made that decision to follow him and walk with him. Whether we are here for his return or not. All who choose to follow him receive salvation. This passage ends with a wonderful exhortation. In verse 11 We read, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. Encourage one another. I don't know about you, but sometimes I could definitely do with some encouragement. Encouragement can take many forms. I've been shouted and screamed at over many a finish line in various settings. Or more recently, to finish uh, the exercise on a rowing machine. Which are instruments of torture, if there ever were one. But just hearing that voice from someone behind you saying, keep going, you're almost there, get a move on. probably, and you can probably think of some ruder ones. But it helps us to keep going, doesn't it? Knowing that other people want you to succeed. Knowing that other people value you. Encouragement might come from someone who encourages you and empowers you to use the gifts God has given you. Who's willing to take a risk in asking you to do something. Encouragement could come from someone re- reminding you that God loves you. That Jesus died for us. Our hope is sure and eternal. We sang of it a few songs ago. The deepest, whenever we're in the deepest pits, Jesus is still there with us. Paul tells us to build each other up. He tells the church in Thessalonica to build themselves up. And the same might well be said of us. Build up, not tear down. Think of how you can build people up. Think of your own actions and how you interact with people in your lives. Are you building people up or tearing them down, possibly without even realising it? Now this may well be general advice for life. But it's also true of the church, our interactions with each other. Should we not want to encourage each other and build up the body of Christ? For we love one another. Paul finishes this bit with a presumption or perhaps knowledge that this is what the church in Thessalonica is already doing. Just as in fact you are doing. Might we make the same presumption about ourselves? Do we as a church encourage each other and build each other up? I don't know where you stand on that question. And if you feel the answer is yes, carry on. And if not, can we see it as a challenge to do better? For me, there are two major challenges that come out of this passage. The first is, are you living in such a way as to be ready for the return of Jesus? That's a big question, I accept. But one we do have to take seriously and think about. I was reminded of that well-known quote, look busy, Jesus is coming. I know it's intended as a joke, but like many jokes, it has a ring of truth to it, doesn't it? Are you living in a way that is honoring to God? In a way that you will not be embarrassed to explain when you stand before Him on Judgment Day? What can you change in your life? What habits can you build that bring you closer to God? And we can go the other way and say, what habits can you drop? that drag you away from God? And then the second challenge. How can you be more encouraging to those around you? This is the second uh, week of a series through Lent entitled A Rhythm of Life. This week is sort of subtitled Encouragement. How can you build encouragement into your rhythm of life? How can it become a part of everything you do, a natural part of your life? I could make you all turn to the person next to you and encourage them. I won't, you'll be glad to know, because A, it feels rather forced, and B, we'd all find it incredibly awkward, I suspect. But if you did have to, how might you do so to the person next to you? That might be more challenging if you don't know the person next to you. So maybe speak to them after and find out how you can pray for them and encourage them. But I also encourage you to think about who might need encouragement in your life. Who has God laid on your heart to be an encouragement to you? a help to and I want to encourage you all as I finish that we serve a God who loves us in who we have the hope of salvation and who by choosing to follow he brings us into the day out of sin and darkness Amen. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you that you will return. That your son will return in glory and power. Father, we pray that we would be prepared. Father, even though we don't know the day, Lord, we pray that we would be aware of the promise you've made to us. the new creation, the new heaven and the earth that is to come. Father, help us not to be surprised by it. Father, help us to live in a way that is honouring to you. Father, we want to thank you that you are a God who keeps their promises. Father, we pray that just as you encourage us, we pray that we would be an encouragement to others. Father, help us to build each other up, to love one another as your body, as your people. Father, encourage us in our day-to-day lives, we pray. Now walk with you. Walk with us, we pray. Let us never forget who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And we're going to sing again now.
0: Okay, as we come to the end, uh, near the end of our service, we're going to sing How Great the Chasm and go straight into I Cannot Tell. Uh, I Cannot Tell It's an old favourite. Um, it seems such a mystery. I cannot tell why he whom angels worship should set his love upon the sons of men. But this I know, but this I know. throughout this morning and during Richard's sermon I've just got a real sense that someone's come this morning that's that feels broken that feels so far away from the cross and from God but he is so pleased you've come this morning he wants he wants you to draw close to him he wants to hear from you this morning he wants his heart is breaking because your heart is breaking. So if that's you this morning, speak to Richard, speak to Paul, or even come and find me, um, because it would be so good to pray with you and to support you in what you're going through. Thank you, Millie. Yeah, if if you think that is you, please don't go away without uh, asking Paul or someone to pray with you. It may be we want to just bring our little cup to him and ask him to fill, fill that cup afresh. We may have a, a crushed cup and we, we've all been there, but uh, don't go away. Just come and, and ask for prayer and, and uh, ask for him to fill that cup again. I cannot tell.
1: Paul writes, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Amen.
0: To leave a comment, please go to myonhead-baptist.com slash sermons. Well, thank you once again for listening, and I'll speak to you soon.